0: Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein, and by welcome back, I almost mean that to myself because I was gone all last week traveling. So I am buckling down. I have locked myself away in my house. I have uh, looking at it here. I have six podcasts to do to make uh, for makeup episodes. So you guys are going to be in for a treat. I apologize in advance if I blow up your uh, subscriptions. Uh, To the thousands of you out there, uh, thank you as well for subscribing. But uh, yeah, so just just as a preview, uh, and I'm just going to say it on this issue before we get started, but I'll be doing, uh, I got my Midtown Comics, I also have got the Marvel Unlimited Monday Comics to discuss, the comics that came out on Wednesday, along with the Marvel Previews for December that came out on Thursday. And then uh, on the plane ride home, I actually read the entire uh, Spider-Man Hunted storyline. So I'm actually going to do a podcast just on that to kind of go over my thoughts on it. And then also last night I saw Ad Astra, which was an incredible movie. So I I can't wait to talk about that either. But like I said, I'm going to be parsing these out into individual podcasts. So this first one is going to be the uh, monthly comics that I received from Midtown. So we'll dive right in. The first one, and the only one that I got from DC Comics, was uh, Deceased, A Good Day to Die, and that was a one-shot. That's from the Deceased story, it's a mini-series by Tom Taylor, and I believe his last name is Braga, uh, Laura Braga, and then uh, looks like there's uh, some other pencils by uh, Derek Robertson, inks by Richard Friend. Trevor Scott and Derek Robertson, with colors by Rain Burrito, and lettered by Saida Tomofante. And uh, this series, I've been really, really enjoying it. I'm a huge fan, and I think I mentioned this before, but I'm just a huge fan of continuity-free stories, Especially, especially when it comes to DC Comics. That's just because I, as you guys are all aware, I'm a Marvel nut, so I'm usually only reading Marvel Comics, and don't get me wrong, I've got a pile of uh, DC trades and card covers too, uh, some of the ones that I love the most, but the problem that I always have with DC is I only know certain like I know probably maybe 20 characters from DC like you got your supermans your batmans your flash your green lantern that sort of stuff but then you go okay i want to get into green lantern and you've got oh well do you want green lantern or do you want the green lantern core or do you want red lantern or do you want the sinistro core or uh do you want uh which of the green lanterns is it that you want is it is it uh, uh hal jordan or is it uh what i don't even remember what the other guy's name is it's like it's not Sean. But uh, maybe it's Sean. Uh, But so because of that, when they're, you know, DC's releasing a lot of titles as well right now, just off the top of my head, like Birds of Prey. Uh, They just released a new uh, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn series. There's just, there's a lot of series coming out and I don't know how to get into them. And, and it's not even that I'm trying to because it's like I, I already spent enough money with Marvel. I, I don't have the money to get into DC Comics. And the nice thing is a lot of you out there, if you if you don't know this, if you have a library subscription or a local library uh, card, and I can't speak for everybody, but my library uh, has this benefit, I would say, called Hoopla. That's H-O-O-P-L-A, like Hoopla. Hoopla. And uh, what it is, is a website that, and you can get it as an app on your phone or iPad as well, and it is essentially like a mini library. So there's, it, it, it's kind of, not necessarily a subscription service, because you just got to type in your library card number and it lets you in, but it, uh, it has a section where there's like a bunch of movies that you can stream, uh, and some of them are, most of them are like, eh, like, it's, you know, it's the library. But there's a lot of actually good movies on there that aren't available anywhere else, And they also do books, you can get like ebooks or uh, audio books, but then the cool and music too. But the cool thing is they do comic books. And for the most part, they do them as trades. So you would just you would just rent like quote unquote rent, you just click the button and I think you can rent up to eight, it's either eight or 10 titles a month. And then it just, you can read the trade. So it's almost like getting the, the comics for free, essentially. And so Marvel doesn't have a huge presence on Hoopla, but DC does. And for the record, Image does as well. So, like, if there's any Image series out there that you're wanting to get into, like East of West, Monstrous, um, uh, manifest destiny. And I'm just, I'm thinking about all the ones that I have on my list, but literally like any, any image title that you can think of and almost any DC title you can think of. So like, for example, they've got all of Tom King's run, on batman on there they've got all of scott snyder's batman run on there and then they have but they have them on there as the trades. so like the first one which was the uh court of the owls so that's one trade you click on that you get the first six issues to read and then city of the owls that sort of thing but then they also have uh specific ones where if like they came out with a deluxe hardcover you can rent that one too so you would get the first 12 issues versus the first six issues and so they literally have that for all of the new 52 comics from like you know, when Scott Snyder was doing Batman, they have it for the Rebirth, like when Tom King was doing Batman, and, uh, and so, like, I have no doubt De- Deceased is gonna be on there once this comes out in trade, it'll be on Hoopla, so you can rent it for free and check it out that way, and so that's typically how I do my DC Comics, the only reason I am getting Deceased is because I love Tom Taylor, and I love this, story because I don't, it has nothing to do with what's going on in DC right now. It's self-contained and that makes it, uh, it's allowed to be that crazy, that much crazier. And so this, a good day to die is a one shot that kind of takes place during the whole event. So as I had said last time we were talking, um, or on the last Midtown episode, there's some crazy stuff going on right now. This basically, this anti-life equation is causing people to turn into essentially zombies so this is essentially like the dc zombies um series in a sense but it's something having to do with dark side and again like i said i'm not i'm not super familiar with that sort of stuff but it's a, it's a great story nonetheless, because there's a lot of characters that have died, like that are already dead, and that just, I, I love when the stakes are that high. And so this story is following a couple of other DC heroes and characters as they deal with this sort of thing as well. So you've got, uh, it starts with Mr. And before we get started on any of these comics, I will say minor spoilers to follow. I do want to discuss these stories and talk about them. So with any of these issues... Um, if it's something that you're wanting to read or not be spoiled on, just pause it or skip ahead a couple minutes until the next, you know, the next comic review, and uh, go that way. But again, I often find even if I'm spoiled on a comic, if I wait long enough, I'll forget what the spoiler was because it's, you know, it's it's a comic. It's not like a movie. But so it's uh, Mister Miracle and Big Barda are uh, they're do- using their boom tubes or whatever to um, find out what's going on with Darkseid, and apparently Darkseid is dead. And so they're like, he's like, uh, my father is gone. And she says, how do you feel? And he says, honestly, I feel pretty good. And then they kiss and go back to Earth and trying to figure out what's going on there. And so there is this guy's name, the T-Mask or Black Mask. I don't know what this guy's name is, but he's trying to figure out what's going on. Basically, everyone's trying to figure out if there's a cure or if there's some way that we can prevent this from happening or from ruining more lives. And what ends up happening is, uh, they realized that John, maybe John Constantine can help. And so the big thing here is like they're trying to recruit John Constantine, but he does not want anything to do with it. He's like, I have nothing. I don't like the world is going to die. I'd rather just go have a drink. And I thought that was cool because obviously, you know, he comes back towards the end. But even this one shot, you know, there's a ton of action in here. A ton of people die. And I'm shocked at some of the people who died in here because uh i was and i'm not going to spoil that but a a lot of the people that are in this story end up dying and so that's what's cool about this this is like you're not just it forget hoping that anyone is going to make this out make it make it out of this alive because they're not there's no way and so by the end of this uh basically like i said john Constantine kind of he doesn't even come to save the day he just shows up back up and he's like all right I like, I'm going to step, step up is essentially what he says. And then that's it. And so it was really good. I, it, for a one shot, you know, how I am with one shots. Uh, most of the time I think they're cash grabs, but this one wasn't not at all. And especially if you're into that sort of series where the stakes are so high and literally anything can happen because it's set outside of continuity that's your this is your kind of story so i would i highly recommend deceased and like i said you can wait until it comes on hoopla or something like that and get it in the collected version or you can just pick it up in your local comic shop but the other stories that i got or the other issues that i got from marvel this week or this month were uh issue two of the history of the marvel universe agents of atlas issue number two fearless issue number two Conan the Barbarian Exodus, which was a one-shot, The Avengers issue 23, Marvel Comics issue 1000, and then Venom or Absolute Carnage Scream issue 1. So uh, we'll jump right into these. Like I said, again, I will be talking spoilers on these. I'm going to try to limit any huge spoilers, but for the most part, uh, it gives me a lot more to talk about if I can with the spoilers. I'm going to start with Marvel Comics 1000. <clears throat> and that's because this is a this is a honker of an issue. this thing is this is a book. So if you if you had any questions as to, you know, should you pick this thing up? It's ten dollars that's kind of pricey. are you getting your money's worth? The answer is yes, yes, a hundred percent you're getting your money's worth. It is a very creative concept and there are a lot of different variant covers as well. So if you, are looking for a cool variant cover there's probably one for everybody there's at least i I think there's at least 20 variant covers it's crazy but so the book is uh i think it's nine it's in 96 pages or something like that but it takes place over the span of marvel's 80 years so that's the whole reason they made this book, is because this year is Marvel's 80th anniversary. Uh, to them, Timely Comics, or the first issue of Marvel Comics started was in 1939, and now we're in 2019. So this is a wide scope story where every page is one year forward. So the first story takes place in 1939. The second one is 1940, so on and so forth, all the way up until 2019. And what's cool is... Every single one of these stories shows sort of what was going on that year. So this uh, first one's called Eight Bells. It's written by Al Ewing and Steve Epting uh, as, on art with uh, Frank DiArmada on color art and VC's Clayton Cowles on letters. Guys, I think Clayton did a lot of work on this one, and I'm not surprised. A lot of VC was in on this because it's a big undertaking. But for this one, this first page, it uh, says 1939, The Human Torch debuts in Marvel Comics number one. And then just flip to a random page here, uh, 1973, it says, Gwen Stacy breathes her last breath in Amazing Spider-Man 121. And then... 1987 Spider-Man versus Wolverine number one is published and then 1999 Incredible Hulk ends with issue 474 like some of these facts I had no idea about I was like oh that's a really cool thing but some of them was like nice I'm really glad that they they chose to do that for this particular year but so the the overarching theme of this book is that there's this mask this black mask that has kind of weaved its way throughout marvel's history that is um this mask that was in um, even the creation of the mask is they're unsure as to kind of how it came about but it's been around since uh when king arthur was in camelot and so there's a, a page on that with about the black knight but what this mask does is whoever wears the mask It essentially makes them a fair fight with anybody that they fight, which sounds kind of silly, but in, in retrospect, it's a really cool thing because to think about it, it's, it's sort of the message that anybody can be a superhero. And if you wear, so like if you're, if you're regular Joe Schmo, Alex, and I am going up against uh, Dr. Doom, I put this mask on and I can fight Dr. Doom on his level. I can, I can fight. At his point, obviously, I don't have all his powers and stuff. I don't think, but the way they made it seem was like the mask essentially levels the playing field, which means that any regular Joe Schmo can put it on and be a hero and and fight for what's right. And so you kind of see that throughout history that different people put on the mask, wore the mask, that sort of stuff. And I'm I'm really giving you a condensed version because again, every one of these stories is is so intricate, and some of them have nothing to do with that story. But other ones do. And so like the one that I was saying, Wolver, there's 19, for example, 1974, Wolverine is introduced in Incredible Hulk 180. This is written by Roy Thomas with art by Ron Reese with letters by VCs Corey Petit. And it's just a quick uh, five-page story about the debut of Wolverine. And it's kind of comedic in its sense. But when you look at it right next to that Gwen Stacy one for 1973, that one's by Jerry Conway and written by Greg or art pencils by Greg Land with inks by Jay Leistein, colors by Frank DiArmada, and letters by VC's Corey Petit as well. But just the art on those two is so different, but so cool. Like the back of the book as well has four columns of probably 20, 20 15 to twenty people creators uh, in this. So there are a lot of people that were involved in this book. And what I was surprised about was, okay, you know, everyone's gonna have a different story. Well, actually, Al Ewing is the guy who wrote uh, The Immortal Hulk. He did the Ultimates and uh, he, he I think he did uh, Mighty Avengers, but he's kind of the mastermind behind this entire story anyway. So he, he's the one telling the story about the black mask throughout the years. So any any issue that deals with this mask, is written by al ewing and then all of the other ones are kind of written by other people but you know just some of the standout ones just from memory because like i said i read this last week but standout ones from memory specifically are the jonathan hickman uh the jonathan hickman dustin weaver one had to do with apocalypse there's an amazing uh one by uh both story and art by j scott campbell i love j scott campbell i actually got the variant cover of j scott campbell for this but his is about Mary Jane and that one is so good. And then Donny Cates writes an awesome one about Spider-Man. I mean, I've said this before. Donny Cates is a, he's a God amongst men when it comes to writing the, uh, comics in general everything he writes seems to be gold but the one thing that he's always wanting to write and i'm always wanting him to write is spider-man he always says if you know people will ask him on twitter if he could write one person who would be he always says spider-man he writes spider-man so well he writes him well in this he writes him well in absolute carnage and uh, so that one was great there are some other really great ones too there's one i'm looking i'm just scrolling through here there's one with uh, eve ewing and jen bartell uh, who I love, both of them, uh, on Storm, there's an Iron Man one, the Hulk, oh, there's one, that's right, Sp- there's a Spider-Man story with Dan Slott and Marcos Martin, if you guys remember, they were uh, kind of the the dynamic duo for a couple of stories in the old Spider-Man stuff, and then, uh, like I said, at the very end of it, we kind of, it leaves, the story leaves off in Twenty it says twenty twenty, the face under the mask is revealed. So we're left with this masked raider. And so it's a guy wearing that black mask, which we found is sort of like the eternity mask. They keep calling it different things. Like it's the eternity mask, the black mask. You know, call it whatever you want. That's what it is. But it he's wearing a cowboy hat and he's got two gun two pistols. So is this the two gun kid? I don't know. We don't know, but we're gonna be finding this out in uh Sort of in, I think it's going to be either in December or in January because the December solicitations, I already read them in advance because it was last week. But uh, there's another $9.99 comic coming out in December that is that incoming comic, the one that they've been hinting at or Marvel's been dropping promos for. And uh, it's another, you know, giant set of writers and creators doing it. But I think we're either gonna find out who the Masked Raider is in that story or next year. But regardless, like I said, it's it, it's a very commemorative issue. So yes, $9.99 seems like a lot, and it is. Ten bucks for a book that isn't a book, it's a comic book, is you know, some people might scoff at. But when you think of it, it's binded like a trade paperback. It has eighty different stories in it. And, uh, it's, it's literally commemorative because the whole thing, you think these things are cash grabs and I do all the time. But as I read this, I was like, this isn't a cash grab. This is, this is 100% a love letter. And it's a love letter from all of these creators to the entirety of the Marvel universe. And I, I have not seen something this cool in a long time. I didn't see anything like that for Marvel's 75th anniversary. I didn't see it for their 70th. Um, I don't think I was really doing anything before that, but they've really been getting in on the, Oh, every five years, it's time to celebrate sort of thing. But for real, this year has been a monumental year for Marvel, regardless of what you think about the cash grabs, about the, some weird decisions that they've made, the whole thing with CB Cebulski being the new editor in chief, all there's a bunch of weird stuff going on, but regardless, the comics that have been being put out this year have been awesome. Every single one I think has been great. Some of them have been eh, but for the most part, you could probably, you couldn't swing a cat and not hit a great Marvel comic in your local shop, and you, could prop, you couldn't you could swing a cat without hitting Mar- a Marvel Comics variant cover in your shop either, because there are so many, and uh, so yeah, I would really recommend picking this one up, especially if you're just a fan of the Marvel universe in general, because uh, like I said, it's, it's a commemorative issue, it's something really special, now I don't agree with the, the 1000 title, because I already did the math and it didn't add up, but it uh it's worth it it's so worth it i was really happy to read it there i got some chills on a certain stories and on other ones it made me smile my heart soared that sort of stuff so yeah i would really recommend that one and so uh, now we'll move into all of the regular basic issues and i'm going to actually start with my least favorite of them all so the reason i even say this in the first place, this is absolute carnage scream number one i ordered the variant cover by russell Dowderman. i said this before i'm saying it again it is not a variant cover. It's a design variant cover, and they did not say that it was. So it is just his design of Scream. It's not a cool cover. It's, it's just a very basic cover, and I also got gypped on all of the absolute carnage Young Guns variant covers because it just so happens that we're living in a time right now where almost all of the Young Guns at Marvel are amazing. Right now they are, if I remember correctly, there's six of them, but it's Aaron Cooter, Mike Del Mundo, um Pepe Larraz and Marco Chiquetto and then oh man oh Russell Dowderman, and uh whew, there's one more Um spacing on it but even for Absolute Carnage all four of, six of them did their covers and I was like awesome because I, I love almost all of them and they were all design variants so I've got all these design variant covers I don't know what to do with because they don't look good they're just designs of wolves and and that sort of stuff it's 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 a bummer that's the that's a uh, it just makes me upset at marvel but absolute carnage scream written by cullen bunn with pencils by gerardo sandoval inks by victor nava and color art by eric Arciniega with letters by cory Petit from vc and uh yeah i just like i said i got this issue for the variant cover i wasn't really interested in reading the story but i read it anyway and it was it was all right it it doesn't really advance anything in the absolute carnage storyline So that kind of was a bummer, but it did have a piece about, um, I think her name is Anna, but she was the, she was the symbiote for mania and she was in the, uh, what was it? The web of venom funeral pyre story. And I really liked her after reading that, but she's not really in it very often. I think she ends up actually becoming scream in this, but for the most part, like I, I didn't follow scream when I was younger and uh and then but here oh andy benton is her name and so the story is basically her fighting the scream symbiote as it as it comes back to life because carnage is bringing all these symbiotes back to life so in that respect it was cool it was a pretty cool issue but beyond that if you're if you're into these all the tie-in issues great check this one out but I I'm not really into them for this series because I I just love carnage and I would love to get into the other symbiotes but I'm just not at that point right now and so that's kind of my my feedback on that one it was a good it wasn't a bad issue by any means it just I wasn't trying to read this one I wanted the cover and even the cover was disappointing Next up we got Avengers 23. Uh, so this is uh, Challenge of the Ghost Riders Part 2 by Jason Aaron and Stefano Caselli with color art by Jason Keith and letters by VC's Corey Petit. And uh, this is like I said, I'm not I'm not so eager. I love Stefano Caselli's art. He did a great job in I think he was in the Avengers initiative for a while. And then he's done a couple of other things too. And now that he's doing this, I'll say this much. The art on this Avengers book has been stellar from the beginning. Ed McGinnis, David Marquez, Stefano Caselli has been killing it. And Jason Aaron is a superstar writer. But this story just hasn't really interested me. And I think that's stems from the fact that I've never really been a huge Ghost Rider fan. And I'm I'm a fan of Ghost Rider as a concept. And I always love when there's new ideas posted for him. But there's this whole idea of essentially Johnny Blaze is the king of hell. And he's wanting to race Robbie Rays. But we don't like he basically is like everyone has to race like as a Ghost Rider, you have to race and it's like, but why, like, why do you need to race? And why? So why? And he's like, well, if you don't race, I'm going to, I'm going to kill your brother basically. And he's like, fine, then I'm going to race you and I'm going to beat you. And I don't know, that whole story just hasn't really been interesting. And then on the flip side is uh, in the real world, Damien Hellstrom is trying to exercise Robbie Ray's, uh, Robbie Ray's car because of the demon inside of it. And it didn't work. And I think the demon got out in the last issue and is now possessed Avengers Mountain. So the entire Celestial is possessed by, uh, by this Avenger. But what ends up happening is, if you remember, Blade has the mini man thing, the boy thing from the Vampire Legion uh, from that vampire storyline, it's, it's his friend now, so hangs out with Blade, the man thing, or boy thing, jumps onto Avengers, like, into Avengers Mountain, basically, and starts growing his tendrils over the entire mountain, and the mountain just burns, because anyone who knows fear burns at the man thing's touch, that's just how it is, but even that, I mean, was, it was cool, And the, but the race just, I don't even the race wasn't even that exciting. In my opinion, the only thing that was exciting about this was the splash page on the last page, which is just the reveal that cosmic ghost rider is also involved, which we already knew, like we already knew that the cosmic ghost rider was going to be in the series because all the ghost riders were in here. It was advertised as such. So actually I was a little disappointed with this issue and um i'm not going to hold that against anybody because there's always going to be issues like that when you're reading the comics you just got to kind of push through it but when you're reading a comic once a month and that one issue that month is not that great it kind of leaves a little sour taste in your mouth and uh, i have no doubt that that taste will disappear when the next issue comes out at least i hope uh the next one up and i'm really excited to talk about this one this is conan the Barbarian Exodus. So this is in the front of the, the thing. It says an all new saga from visionary creator Esad Ribic. I don't know what that means. Does that mean this? there's more than one? Because uh, it was listed as a one shot. And so I don't think there's any more than this. But this, the reason I say this, this, first off, this is phenomenal. This, this idea, this concept, this is what art should be. And the reason for that is it is written, drawn, and cover art by Esad Ribic with letters by VCs Travis Lanham. Esad does everything. He draws, he paints, he colors, he does the story. And what's beautiful about this story is there is no talking in this story. Well, well what, what what's Travis doing in this issue then? I'll tell you in a sec. But basically it's a story of when uh, Conan was, uh, it says the story of his journey essentially to see the world the first for the first time he he kind of honed his survival skills and then went off on an exodus to explore the world and uh, of Samaria and in this one it just says but the fate uh, he he basically fought through nature the cruelty of people but the tale of his excursion has never been told this is that story and it is literally just beautiful painted pages of no with no words of him Going through the frozen tundra, fighting wolves, uh, traveling through water, eating berries, fighting more people, like it, it's and Esad is just such a beautiful artist. He did Silver Surfer Requiem. He did Thor, God of Thunder. He's doing King Thor. He did Secret Wars. He is just a beautiful artist, and. I mean this whole thing it's it's you're you're getting this book for his art because there's no words there's no story the story he tells the story through the art and it and it's only 3.99 it's a one shot it's this is the opposite of a cash grab in my opinion this is so cool and then you get into uh, when he finds, he starts finding some humans and they talk, but they talk in a different language. So VCs, Travis Lanham is just putting in all these little symbols in the talk boxes, but that's it. That's literally all it is. And by the end of it, I mean, when you scroll, when you scroll through this really quickly, it, uh, each page, like some pages are more red, some pages are more gray, some are more blue. It's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And I, I was never a fan of Conan growing, like I've never really, I never even knew he was a thing. I heard of Conan, but that, that was really it. Like, I've never read anything, and I read a couple issues, but it's just, even me not knowing a lot about Conan, I really enjoyed that issue, and I would really recommend checking that one out for sure. Uh, next up is Fearless, and uh, this is another one of three. It's a uh, part one, or part two of four, and this is the all-female creators and all-female characters uh, comic book, and it's really good. This second issue, I actually think I enjoyed it uh, maybe even a little more than the first issue. So we've got three stories in here. Campfire Song Part 2 by Shannon McGuire and art by Claire Rowe with color art by Rochelle Rosenberg along with Night Nurse, A Cape of Her Own by Carla Pacheco and art by Iolanda Zaffardino, and color art by Rochelle, uh, Rochelle Rosenberg does the color art for all of them. And then the third one is X-23 by Eve Ewing and art by Aletha Martinez. So if you guys remember the first story, Campfire Song, it says Storm, Invisible Woman, and Captain Marvel all received invitations to speak at a leadership camp for young girls. Now the heroes are headed for Maine, but there's more than meets the eye here at Camp Gloriana. And it's it's interesting. So this one kind of centers around Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan, who her parents sent her to this camp to um i guess be learn more that sort of thing but storm and captain marvel and uh, sue storm they all show up and kind of talk with everybody we learn that the camp miss marvel doesn't trust what's going on in this camp there seems she feels like there's something more that's going on because the kids are all doing these crazy experiments and projects like science fair type things but they're not allowed to do certain things. And so she's like, this is, uh, she even says, she says, what if this is a training camp for supervillains? And so I'm wondering if at the end of the day, it's just a basic camp. And I would actually be okay with that because that would turn the story on its head because how many times is it like, oh, it's not, you know, it's more than meets the eye sort of thing. But we don't know that yet. So that's kind of where this story ends up is that she, one of the characters who created something created this kind of weird trap and so she's like trying to figure out what this is she says this camp is a trap in disguise it's like i guess we'll you know we'll see we'll see if that's what it ends up but the real highlight of this story is the second one the night nurse and what it is is kind of a story of her the night nurse which i think her name is is it linda palmer it's uh, linda carter Uh, Yeah, Linda Carter, not Linda Palmer, come on. But uh, she is, uh, she heals all the superheroes. There's just some really funny bits in here. She's really funny, and she essentially teaches a superhero that you don't need to have superpowers to save the day. And I gotta say, guys, she kicks absolute ass in this series, in this issue. Like, I was, like, thinking at the end of it, I was fist pumping, like, awesome, Night Nurse, she's badass. And then the uh, final third story was more it was very very on the nose it was just x23 and honey badger are going to it's a it's literally three pages it's only three pages of story but they are going to save these kids who are trapped at this site this facility and they save them but the reason i say all this is uh Um, not, not a cash grab. It's just, uh, you just, you'll understand when I say this, the last thing They, they save all these kids, they're all in cages. They, you know, slice up the cages, get the kids out of there. And, uh, she says, don't worry, we're getting you home. No matter what it takes. I don't know you, but no kid deserves to be in a cage. The end. And I was like, okay, that's definitely a playing on the current events of today with everything that's going on at the border. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. I was just like, oh, okay, so that's your story was because of that. And I get it. You know, it's a 40-page comic. You only have certain room, and it's only three panels. But it's always nice to see X-23 and Honey Badger in action because I love them as a duo. So, yeah, that's, that's this series is, is ended up turning out to be really fun. And the Jenny Friesen variant cover that I got is just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, next up is, oh, and this one was definitely my favorite of all of them, just same as last week was his, or last month, History of the Marvel Universe, issue number two. And that's by Mark Wade with pencils by and colors by Javier Rodriguez, with inks by Alvaro Lopez, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. So we start we ended the last History of the Marvel Universe at wolverine of the birth of wolverine basically and so now we're getting into uh, essentially raven and this was actually cool because this in my opinion this kind of ties into um to the powers of uh, powers of 10 house of x series so it says mutants born with an x gene that gives them superhuman powers began to appear with increasing frequency two mutants an austrian precognitive named irene adler and the shape-shifting raven darkholm embarked upon a quest for wealth and influence under the names destiny and mystique and it actually shows them kissing in here too so i think there's some sort of romance that was going on which is interesting the reason i said that is in that power in the house of x2 when um, destiny kills moira in her her life mystique is there with her so i'm wondering if there's something going on with them sort of thing but uh goes into that and then we kind of learn about the man on the wall we learn about uh the original war or one of the iron fist orson randall and a bunch of other people that were kind of fighting around the same time we learn about namor and uh and again this is something where it's really hard to describe this series over a podcast because the art is so beautiful and it's so well done I uh, just the art like this could have had no words and it would have still been amazing but the words itself it's hard to, i don't want to read it all like it, not even as a spoiler because honestly none of this is a spoiler because it's just the history of the marvel universe but i would really pick up this issue because it's that good so we learn about the human torch the original human torch baron Mordo and dr druid we learn about the first fight between the human torch and namor uh, about captain america and bucky and uh, the howling commandos the uh, isaiah bradley one of the other uh, captain americas and then we learn about zemo and when bucky became uh, hydra that sort of thing we learn how hydra started a bunch of other superheroes start popping up more about the man on the wall nick fury and then yeah, like i said a lot of these superheroes i hadn't even known about before people like the yankee clipper black fox liberty girl and nightingale where the first line defending Earth from Skrulls and other threats. And then we got the first appearance of Groot, Dr. Strange, uh, Wolverine, and sort of his history and him getting the adamantium. And then we learn about uh, the the Jiborim, or Gibberim, whatever they're called from the Runaways series is in this. Uh, some other stuff about mysticism. And then we learn about Thor turning into Donald Blake. And then this ends with uh, the Fantastic Four. So the last thing is the Fantastic Four getting on their ship to go into space. And it says the stage was set for the age of heroes. And then just like the last issue, you get another like 15 pages of all the spots that they pulled for this story of this is where this is when this happened. And here's a little clip from the comic. So as just like Marvel Comics 1000, I would say this history of the Marvel Universe is just amazing. It's it's so amazing. It's so good and so uh, comprehensive really comprehensive and that that part's just impressive on its own how it's uh i don't know if they're killing it marvel's killing it with these uh commemorative sort of stories about about their history so the next one is agents of atlas issue number two so this this uh goes into and i i should probably let's let's uh, give credit where credit is due written by greg pock art by nico leon and pop mahan along with color art by frederico blee and letters by vcs joe sabino so right now the heroes are fighting to stop all these dragons that came through the pan uh what's it called like the pan uh the pan machine or the pan pass so he, uh, what is his name? Mike Wynn of the Big Win Company activated a portal made up of slices from dozens of Asian neighborhoods from around the world. And he says that's right. When you buy a pan pass, you'll be able to stroll from Shibuya to Itawan to Mumbai to Kalua to New York's Chinatown in a single day. But then he's like, "Yeah, it costs a thousand dollars a day or something like that." He's basically just trying to make money. But they're stopping all these dragons that came in. And the big thing in this issue is Bron, who is the um, the prior Hulk, the young Hulk, Almedesh Cho Hulk. He has a crush on Luna Snow, who is the K-pop star from Seoul or from Seoul, and um, or and her name is Seol Hee. But he has a crush on her. But there's this new hero that came in to fight the dragons. Who is, uh keeps trying to hit on Luna, and he just keeps getting so mad at him, like, God, I, when am I ever going to get my chance sort of thing? And so they defeat the dragons, and they're deemed heroes, but it seems like they're all doing so because of publicity, because this guy is really wanting to advertise his his pan thing, this this interdimensional hopping. But by the end of this issue, it was actually really cool. Bronn and, and Luna get a moment together, and I was it was if that was a fist pump moment I was like awesome they, they got and it actually it there's a there's a pretty interesting twist too but so the story ends with uh, with some interesting questions because I'm still trying to figure out if this guy who did the whole pan thing if he's a bad guy or if he just wants uh, to increase his business so we're gonna have to find out this is only a four it's a part a one it's either one through four or one through five miniseries so it will figure it out soon enough but uh, I enjoyed that one as well. I'm, I'm really happy for all the issues that I got in Midtown. None of them were super disappointing, except obviously Absolute Scream, Absolute Carnage Scream. But um, yeah, so th- those are the Midtown comics for this week. And like I said, tune in as we talk about the the new Marvel Unlimited Monday that came out uh, last week and uh, much, much more. So for Comics and Cinema, I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening. <music>